In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. I'm here with Ian Wright, right, right. I'm sitting here in London. Ian, are you in Chicago? I am. I think this is the first time we were recording a podcast where you were in London, I was in Chicago, and you weren't traveling to the States within two or three days. Yeah, so I'm, I'm here for the weekend. I've got my daughter coming to stay, so uh, the shopping's all done. I'm all relaxed, and now I'm just going to wait for her to turn up. So uh, it's going to be a very nice, chilled weekend. But Sunday, we've got the European Browns meetup. We've got uh, Browns fans from Germany, Switzerland, Wales, Iceland. I probably forgot another country somewhere, but England. Yes. Uh, all coming over this weekend, or and I'm going to see them all on Sunday, so it should be good. Wow, that's awesome. That's that's going to be a, a fun time. Um, myself, uh, my two brothers, and my cousin will be in the dog pound. I'm heading back to Cleveland for the game. Oh, you going back? Uh, back? You you going to tailgate in the Muni lot or? Yeah, I got to go find my boy Ken Carmen. I got to say what's up to him, uh, and then I'm going to see a couple people. But yeah, we'll probably be bouncing around the Muni lot. Um, my buddies actually know Larry and those guys separately from you, so we may we may join them for a little bit and just kind of see what's up. It's my older brother Daryl's uh, first time going to a Browns game. So, Ooh. isn't yes. Ken Carmen hangs around like Barley Mo Barley House? He's a man of the people. So uh, I actually have some beer from Wisconsin to give Ken. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think he does his early morning tailgate stuff with Brown's radio. And then I think he's just a man amongst the people with the fans. Excellent. Joe Thomas was today saying everyone must wear red tomorrow for the uh, badges. Yeah. As an Ohio state alumni, that's not happening. I'll wear my scarlet and gray. Okay. I will, uh, I will have to say something though. When we were texting about Ohio state, uh, you said you enjoyed a Buckeye Twitter. So which Twitter is better, Brown's Twitter or Buckeye's Twitter? Suicidal when they lose, uh, Brown's Twitter is better. <laughs> yeah, Buckeye's, Buckeye's Twitter just has such an expectation of winning. Yeah. Brown's Twitter, they just go absolutely crazy and start yelling at fans and blaming everybody under the sun. Who are the Buckeyes playing this weekend? They play Wisconsin. It's Joe Thomas is fighting Badgers against the, uh, the Buckeyes in the Big Ten championship game. So the okay, Buckeyes are the number one team. Game. Is there any more? Is that it? Yeah. So what happens is, is you have power conferences that play, and then Ohio State won their side of the division. That's when they beat Michigan, Penn State, and all them. Wisconsin won their side. So you have the East versus the West. So after Ohio State beats Wisconsin, they'll then be considered the Big Ten champions. They will then go on to play in what they call the college football playoff. So it would be almost like you know two teams playing to win the AFC North. So what happens is, is Ohio State will win, presumably, against Wisconsin, go on to the Final Four, so to say, with, say, Louisiana State University, where Odell and Jarvis went. Um, then they'll have uh, Clemson, where obviously Deshaun Watson and uh, DeAndre Hopkins went. 
And then um, the fourth team is the kind of kind of controversial one. You have teams like Utah and Oklahoma and Georgia. So all those guys will be like LSU plays Georgia, Oklahoma. So they all have games this weekend. The winners then meet up for a four-game tournament. Ohio State will play the four seed. Uh, Clemson will play LSU, presuming they win. And then they have a best of uh, a, a championship game after that. Where's Alabama? Alabama actually lost to LSU earlier this year, and then they lost again to Auburn in what's called the Iron Bowl. So Alabama is out. Sorry, Freddie Kitchens. Sorry, Mac Wilson. It's quite tough, this college, because you like you have to win every single game against some really easy opposition. You have a one bad day, you're out, right? Yeah, it's you got to win the games that matter. I mean, to be fair, the only three teams that matter that are undefeated are Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson. So they're going to take the best one-loss team for that four seed. But the prize they win is they're going to have to play the number one seed, Ohio State Buckeyes. Anyway, we're not a college podcast. We're a Browns podcast. Lots of Browns news. What was your highlights from the Prezzers today? You know, we were just talking about it, but I just find myself more and more impressed with our special teams coach, Mike Prefer. Um, I just find him to be a very refreshing coach. I like his blatant honesty. You know, they, they asked him some good questions about Tavier Thomas, who struggled a little bit in the kick return game. And, you know, he said, I got to be better. But at the end of the day, I'm not ready to pull the plug on him. Um, he talked uh, glowingly about Steven Carlson's great play to keep that ball out of the end zone, clarified the rule where if you get two hands on the ball and remove it, the ball is downed before it is touching his leg. So that was pretty cool. But, yeah, I just overall, I like the guy. Um, I really like his straightforwardness. I love the high bar that he set. You know, he was not very happy with the fact that we missed two tackles um, on a kickoff. He, was, he knew exactly that they got to the 41-yard line after one and 31-yard line after another kickoff. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. He called the kickoff coverage team the most. Because after the Browns score, obviously you're kicking off. So you need to get the momentum back. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and he pointed out an interesting stat. The Browns are actually starting six rookies on special teams, which he thinks is a league high. So um, pretty impressive stuff out of Mike Prefer. I really enjoyed his presser. I actually met him before the game on Sunday. Ooh. I was, he's looking for any 36-year-old punters uh, to back up Scottish Hammer. I'm willing to take an NFL contract. I'm afraid to say he didn't mention that at all, actually. I just wished him best of luck for the game. He said, thank you very much. He was saying goodbye to his family outside the hotel. And uh, I went off with Hayden Grove to the tailgate. Simple as that. Oh, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, Wilkes' presser was pretty standard, talking about you know the missed opportunities they had and how they got to fill in the depth there. Um, and then I thought uh, Todd Monken was pretty interesting, even though Tony Grossi decided he was going to comment on Baker Mayfield's weight and his speed to drop back, which I think Monken was like, uh, I, don't, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, Tony. So yeah, they, they continue to ask the questions and the coaches just kind of shake their heads. What about OBJ? Because obviously people are saying he's not happy in Cleveland. I listen to it. I drink with a very half full pint and i must say i didn't say anything wrong with his presser at all you know i agree i think that odell beckham he's a different cat and i don't know if people out there listening have kind of friends that just speak more philosophically um odell beckham doesn't 
I don't think when he says things, the context in which he's saying it is always conveyed correctly. You know, he talks a lot, you know, in a spiritual sense about God's plan and visions. So when he's talking about future, I think the GM contract football fan in us wants to take that literally for whether he's going to be in Cleveland. And I think he maybe has a life coach or he has somebody that he kind of receives counsel from, you know, whether it's his anger, his passion, his emotion, whatever it is. Um, I think that they have his ear. And I think when he answers questions, you kind of have to maybe take him with a grain of salt because he sometimes you watch him, watch his body language. You know, Daryl Ryder will ask him a question and two, three words into it. He's already got the answer. His head kind of rolls back and he, he kind of preaches a little bit. So I think we, we will look a little bit too much into that press conference, especially with Odell. He's kind of just speaking from internal philosophical stuff like that. I, I have no reason to believe he would not be here next year. He said, you know, there's no place he'd rather be than next to Jarvis Landry. He talked about 2020 being his year. Um, he's not going to be at OTAs. I can tell you this right now in May, we don't even have to podcast. Right? He's not going to OTAs. He said he's not. So he's going to be over here with me in London. he will be having a lovely time in London with me. Hey, you never know. He might be over there in Ibiza, uh, a few of those other places. So he's, what'd you call it? Isn't it Ibiza? Oh yeah. Ibiza. Yeah. Yeah, Ibiza. Ibiza. Well, it's pronounced, it's spelled with a Z. So hell if I know half the time, us Americans, we can't pronounce things right anyway. So. Nor can I. So, uh, something I've got in common with the Americans. What should what be on the Bengals, though? They've just come off a win. Yeah. I mean, they did. They, the Bengals are a bad team. I mean, I don't think there's anybody out there that's going to tell me that the Bengals are some massive world beaters. And if Browns fans are that confident that the Bengals are going to be good, I, I encourage you to go to the betting window and take the eight or nine points or whatever the Browns are getting. Um, it's just one of those things where. The Bengals are pretty bad on defense. They're pretty inconsistent on offense. And the thing they hang their hat the most on is their Even in a game where Dalton allegedly uh, played Ian, like- just, just pause for one second. I lost what you said. So just um, repeat from the start and I'll edit it. All right. Starting from where? Now. When you were saying Bengals are a bad team. Yeah, I mean, they're a bad team. Uh, their rush defense is terrible. Their offense is inconsistent. They hang their hat really on their ability to have kickoff coverage. Uh, their returner's pretty good. But I think we all know that between them and the Dolphins, I think they've probably had more opportunities than most in doing that. Um, even in a game where the Bengals allegedly looked better against the woeful Jets, and uh, we're all those people that wanted Greg Williams as the head coach of the Browns, that they gave up 22 points to the, uh, the, the hapless Bengals. I mean, Dalton was still only 22 of 37, 243 yards, uh, QBR of below 60. So they're going to try to run the ball with Mixon. We have to do a good job kind of being able to control their running game. Um, Their receivers out in Tate and Tyler Boyd. Boyd's not bad. A kid out of Pitt I liked a few years ago. Um, It's just one of those things where if we play our game, we're not going to have trouble with this team. They have the 32nd ranked rush defense in the NFL. So let's make sure that we establish the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt connection. Um, and I think what will happen is, is if we come out and really make a statement uh, pounding the rock, I think what that will do is that's going to open Baker up to have one of his 22 of 26, 
you know, 278, 280 yards, maybe a couple touchdowns. Um, I think our ability to set the tone early running the ball is going to set up a little bit in the pass game later on. So we could statistically have a pretty balanced game because, you know, the Bengals, Bengals are a team that you just kind of want to work on things. You want to patch things up and you really want to get the, uh, the momentum going, going into Arizona. And what do you think the Bengals need to do? Draft the quarterback with then number one, number two pick? It is the perennial pass rusher quarterback debate. I like Joe Burrow. He's obviously a former Ohio State Buckeye, now LSU Tiger. I obviously love Chase Young. He is an absolute stud. But in 2017, were you a fan of the Browns taking Miles Garrett or Mitch Trubisky? Yeah, Miles Garrett. Look at Joe Burrow and say, you know, he's as good as, say, somebody like Jared Goff. Would you take Miles Garrett or Jared Goff? That's tough. Because that's the debate the Bengals are going to have. I think he's a little bit better than Trubisky. You know, but also remember in that draft, you had Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Bengals could go and maybe try to make an offer to a guy like Ryan Tannehill down in Tennessee if they let him go. Or they could go out and try to maybe get a Cam Newton. Maybe try to find somebody and go with Chase Young, who's probably the safer pick. Um, But either way, I think whoever's going to be sitting in that two spot, and I think the Giants would love to be sitting there if the Bengals decide to go Joe Burrow. Because uh, I think Chase Young in New York would be a star. Yeah, I think it's uh, going to go that way. Uh, borrow number one and uh, Chase to uh, New York. The Browns fan in me wants Joe Burrow to go to Cincinnati. I don't want Chase Young there. Do you think any of them could be injured or any risk of them uh, not being in the top two? Well, I'd say those are your, probably your top two. Um, Tua Tagliavola. He came out today and talked about his draft status, which, you know, we obviously can get to. I, I'm, a big, I'm a big draft guy. I do love the draft. I watch a ton of college football. Um, but, yeah, I think I haven't seen two guys that are going to go above those two. And then there's going to be a guy, a cornerback from Ohio State named Jeffrey Akuda, um, who's going to be right there behind Chase Young in probably that three, four, five range, depending on who's picking. So you could see – you know, some really, really top-end talent there at the top half of the draft. Anyway, well, let's not talk draft. We've still got four games to play. What's your uh, final score prediction? I think the Browns are going to – I think they're going to handle business. I can see this being a, you know, a 38-13, 38-17 game, depending on, you know, the injury status. I did like the fact that Greg Robinson was back at practice and cleared protocol. Um, Eric Murray's back out there on a limited basis after having his knee scoped. Um, and then also, you know, they're still kind of up in the air. I haven't seen anything, you know, you, you obviously maybe on Twitter. Have you seen anything on the injuries on Chad Thomas, Olivier Vernon or any of them? Not yet, but I can have a quick little look as we're talking. What did you think about Randall's uh, interview? Randall is Randall. I mean, he's a guy, he loves him some him. I do think it's a very odd dichotomy they got going on right now with the whole Freddie saying ask Demarius, Demarius saying ask the front office. Um, it, it, it to me is rather unique. Like I said, if they can somehow mend the fences, offer him a one year, maybe a prove it deal. I know Jack was very anti that approach, but maybe see if he'll take a one year prove it deal, give him a, an average safeties contract, bring him back here and let's see what we can do with him. Cause I like him, the player, I think he's valuable, but some of these guys are a little bit more uh, diva high maintenance than they should be. As I was searching for the injury report, and there's only one person that I can rely on, and that's Scott Petrak. Always go there for uh, injury news. He always seems to have it up first and reliable. But it's trending in the UK 
hashtag Freddie out. But we're not talking Freddie Kitchens, we're talking Freddie Lumberg, the caretaker Arsenal fo- uh, soccer football manager. <laughs> Bad but, day for yeah, Chad though. Thomas, limited fall, fall, chest and ribs. JC Tretton, knee, DMP. Olivia Werner, limited, limited. William shoulder limited, and then Matt Wilson uh, full. So yeah, that's it really. Well, at least they're limited. That means they're out oh, there sorry. doing things. I've opened it up, and now I've got like a a menu of four or five pages now of wow. Welcome, welcome to uh, the later weeks of the NFL. That's for sure. Yeah. So we got Beckham limited, Carlson limited, Harris limited, Hilliard full, Hubbard limited. Hodge Limited, R. Jackson, DMP, Landry Limited, Bacon Mayfield Full, Murray Limited, Greg Robinson Full, Taylor Full. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like they had a little bit of a light practice. Um, towards the end of the season, you're going to get this where anything they have, just to avoid any issues with the NFL they put on there, I would expect a majority of those people to uh, – to play it's a real tough question for you mate and i haven't prepped you on this just say for whatever reason freddie kitchens left the browns for whatever reason there's a few managers now floating around which manager would you go with you know actually it was a conversation that we were having in a different group uh group chat and you know obviously with the departure of ron rivera from carolina um he's a name that's become a very hot commodity um, he worked with Steve Wilkes in Carolina. Steve Wilkes spoke glowingly of him today. Um, Kevin Stefanski, the offensive coordinator uh, from the Minnesota, is another out there that Paul DePodesta was a big fan of his, and the analytics team likes that. Um, and then Robert Salah from the 49ers has become a hot name. You know, I always prefer to have an offensive coach, and Ron Rivera cut his teeth on the defensive side of the ball. Salah's on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I would probably lean towards maybe the offensive mind of Stefanski um, or maybe seeing if the door to Josh McDaniels is open if they were to go that route. Um, but other than that, I would try to focus on an offensively-minded head coach. Honestly, I'm sure Todd Munkin would even get an interview. Um, he's a guy that obviously had head coach – um, aspirations at the beginning of the season. So um, Mike prefers another one, honestly. I mean, you know, sometimes being a head coach is more about being a CEO than a tactician. So um, with the right staff, you could see someone like that making the ascension through the ranks. What about Mike McCarthy? You know, I, that's not a name that kind of fancies, uh, fancies myself. I, I think he did a good job with the talent he had in Green Bay. Um, I just... I don't know. There's not, there's nothing about him. That's like must have. And I'm not saying these other guys are, you know, the greatest thing since sliced bread, but to me, McCarthy just, uh, he doesn't have that luster that I'm looking for. All right. And the last thing I'll finish up with, there's these theories that we could potentially get to the playoffs quite easily. What's your views on this? Listen, the Browns have to do what the Browns have to do, and the Browns have to win games. You know, I know that there's a lot of people out there that want to bring the pitchforks and say that the season's been a dumpster fire. And, you know, I think I tweeted out the other day, if the Browns finish the season 4-0 or even 3-1, and let's say a loss to Baltimore, we'll finish the season 6-2 and 
Our only two losses being to Pittsburgh and Baltimore. We're going to be four and two in the division. We'll have the first back-to-back winning record in our division in who knows how long. You know, last year we finished the season five and three. So we'd be doing better one up there on there being six and two. Um, So if they lose to Baltimore, I would say eight and eight is a very, very low percentage chance unless all the stars align. But I think if they somehow beat Cincinnati, beat Arizona, which they should, I mean, they're the better team. They're the more talented team on paper. And when you look at it, the Browns need to go out. And that's kind of why my theory on this Bengals game is it's not going to be close. The Browns know they have to win. They still have a glimmer of hope. The Bengals, they won their one game. They want to make sure they are the number one draft pick in the, in the league. So I could see the Browns making a very nice statement against Cincinnati, going into Arizona, picking back up some momentum. If Baltimore wins the next, I think, couple of games, they may have already clinched the division. So I'm not 100% sure they're actually going to be playing something. I would prefer to play them at their strong suit, and that would give us the ability to you know, see where we're at against them. I mean, we saw what we were able to do to them beginning in the season you know, when they were having some communication issues in their secondary with Tony Jefferson. But I want to see us go out there, give them a fight. That would mean that we've played the Patriots, the Ravens, the Seahawks, and the Niners, which are the two best teams in the league in the NFC and the two best teams in the AFC. And if you remember right, we've beaten the Ravens once, and we should have beaten the Seahawks. But regardless, we're one and three against the top teams. I would love to get that second win against the Ravens. So I think it really cements our path um, to establishing ourselves as another contender in the division. And then, hey, you go into Cincinnati in the last week and a must-win game, it could be. We kind of at this point need the Titans to lose a game that they're not supposed to uh, lose. Um, They've kind of separated themselves in the pack as being that sixth seed. Um, I have no fear that the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. That team is terrible. Um, I know they beat us, but I still am just not impressed. So the hope is still there. I think we just got to go out, handle our business, 1-0 this week, and then, you know, we'll be – Looking forward to Arizona, which I think you're going to that game, right? That's correct. Uh, a next little bit weekend. A little bit better weather than uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'm still looking to set something up with uh, Jen Matthews. Got Ben Albright on tomorrow. So, yeah, just trying to get as many um, Browns uh, fans on as well. So, I wouldn't mind getting a few more different countries on recently. So, uh, yeah, should be good. So, uh, Ian, thank you very much for your time. Where can people find your details? Ian 19 on Twitter. Uh, we've been, we've been quite popular still in the social media world. I saw uh, Stuart put out a nice little tweet, you know, thanking us for our hospitality. And again, still shout out to all the people that, you know, we met uh, in Pittsburgh, great event. You know, I think people can realize that just because you're, you're fans of different teams, when you're around good people, a tailgate's a fun time. So, you know, definitely a special shout out to all the people that I met there uh, and have been interacting with on Twitter. So. Well, I actually, um, the uh, guys who um, threw the ham and called me the C word actually reached out and apologized. So, uh, oh, wow. We should invite him to the tailgate next year. We got before and active. Oh, you're a step ahead of me, my friend. And I'm going to do a remake of the video, but this time I'm going to go at them just for a laugh. (laughs) Well, didn't some guy tell you that vloggers are the scum of the earth or something? So. Uh, always a good time with Paul Brown, that's for sure. Always a good time with me. But anyway, uh, Ian, thanks a lot for your time. And, uh, man, I'm looking forward to hearing your stories from the Muni lot. I'm very jealous that I won't be there this Sunday. 
You'll be there in spirit. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll wear some sort of Union Jack insignia or something for you. But I need, your, t- I need to get a T-shirt over to you and uh, some other memorabilia. Yeah, bring me what you have when you come in in a couple of weeks. But uh, what's your prediction for the score? What, what do you think is going to happen on Sunday? Uh, 21-14. Oh, close one. Nail-biter. Yeah, so. I, think that, I think they're going to be a lot tougher than uh, a lot of people make out. No, I, I think this is going to be a... I think this one's going to be over at halftime. I just don't see how Cincinnati is going to stop Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I just don't. And just to give you a update on um, the poll that I did today, over 52% think that we're going to finish eight and eight. Yeah. That's finishing the season three and one. So, you know, and I, I, I know I teased it last time, but I am looking forward to having a, a sit down discussion with Jack regarding roster management john dorsey you know all of the uh all the different fun things that are going on because the browns have some holes to fill um one less hole this week with uh, greg robinson back so uh, it'll be a good discussion so be on the lookout for that one it's gonna be a good time go browns go browns <laughs>